Hey, Doc G, can I sit in front? <laughs>
Sure. So last week when we were talking about rider ratings, and uh, I mentioned that I picked up a very muscular man and his wife, and that the man had a lowish rating of about a 4.7, if I remember correctly. And you had a, you had a comment about that, Bill, that I, I kind of stepped on when you were talking. Do you, do you remember this? I, yeah, quite clearly. I, it, you said it was like a big, muscular, uh, like weightlifting kind of guy. And I thought you seemed to uh, pretty quickly you know, make some snap judgments about the guy and extrapolate what his whole life and his relationship was with the woman he was with and all that. And I'm curious how you felt about that. Well, well, I called her Mousy because she did not speak at all. Zero words from her. But you're right, Bill. Guilty as charged. I know you're a lawyer, but guilty as charged. I absolutely sized him up and made some very quick judgments about him. And let me tell you why. Do you remember The Godfather? Bill, have you seen The Godfather trilogy? Of course I have. There's a scene in the first movie where, where Michael is taking care of family business and confronts his brother-in-law, Carlo. Remember Carlo, who betrayed Sonny? Sure. Yeah. Well, Michael ships him off to Vegas. Carlo gets in the car, and the driver goes, hello, Carlo. And another guy comes from the back seat with a little zip wire and chokes him out, and Carlo is writhing all over the place and kicks out the windshield. I mean, yeah, do you remember eyeballs. that scene, Bill? Yeah, his eyeballs are popping out of his head. And yeah, the garrot, I believe, is the, uh, yes. the term for the wire. Garot. Yes. Yes. And, he, and it was so like graphic that his, yeah. he, he broke the windshield with his feet, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, Bill, I don't want to be Carlo. <laughs> I'm, I'm vulnerable up in the front seat. Can you imagine this? So if I get a guy with a lowish rating who looks like he could do me some harm, I'm going to do everything I can to keep and create a calm atmosphere. No, hello, Carlo, for me and some guy choking me out. And if that makes me a little judgy, Bill, I'm, I'm okay with that, you know. Um, the whole rideshare industry is one of these things. It, and it, it actually sounds insane when you say it out loud. You hit a button on, a, on your phone, an app on your phone, and me, a, a complete stranger, is summoned to come pick you up, right? I get a ping and I, I go get a complete stranger. I pick a complete stranger up, a potential serial killer, Bill. Um, there's risk inherent in both ends of this transaction, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yes, you never thought of it that way, right? Who's, who's coming to get Bill? Yeah, I, I thought you were, uh, you were judgy. And uh, Steve, I'd like to apologize on behalf <laughs> oh, of boy. myself and any other listener uh, who's out there who may have had a similar reaction to your... We're, uh, we're starting sort of an Apology of the Week segment. You know, I, I apologize <laughs> to Ed last week. You uh, apologize to me this week. But I, 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 uh, I uh, accept your apology. And um, I mean, I'm a little judgy. What harm does that do, do him? Nothing. He goes to his party. He has fun. He doesn't yeah. know that, you know, I think he's going to kill me if I say something cross. Again, if you remember, I had no problem asking the coddled old man about, about, his, about his rating, but I wasn't asking the big guy. So, yes. Yes, sir. Uh, the only thing I would say is what if he's a listener? What's that? What if he's a listener to your podcast? <laughs> It, uh, you know, the names and events have been changed to protect the innocent. As oh, actually, Steve, I don't think we have that problem, given that <laughs> you know every single person and it's your close friends and family. Oh, no, we have a growing audience here. It's, uh, we're getting there. You know, they were going to cancel Friends, Bill, after season one. I don't know if I you know too. It wasn't uh, like an too. automatic hit, let's watch uh, Friends. Yeah. It was like, remember that show? It's about nothing. I think Seinfeld, On the Ropes, yeah. season one. I so, know, I know. I know. There's precedent, my friend, for 
yeah, shows growing an audience, finding their legs. And I think we're, I think every week we're better, to be honest. We're, we're building you, something special here. Steve, since you brought there. it up. Thank you very much. All right, should we, right. should we move so, along? Indeed, to the right of the week. Bill, I started um, driving evenings again this week. You know, things are opening up around town. With all the masked revelers returning to restaurants and bars, it's like Venice here. It's like Carnival, all the masks I see out on the streets. Um, but I made a pretty big faux pas during a daytime drive this week. Um, a rookie mistake, as we say. And this has become, this trip has become my ride of the week. So hear, hear me out on this. Um, I've got the radio playing. I like, I'll shout out to KZUM Lincoln, the local radio station. And the guy comes in, he says, wow, I like this station. What is this KZUM? I go, yes, indeed. It's classic grooves or something like that. You know, they play a lot of Van Morrison and the Beatles and REM, our favorite songs, Bill, our favorite artists, right? And this discussion turned into a, a larger discussion about radio stations in general. So what else, you know? Do you go to concerts? Do you like concerts? I said, well, I'm a classically trained musician, so I don't catch a lot of rock shows, but I do go to the university concerts and, uh, and you know, opera and thing like that. And then he goes, oh, oh so what do you think of 91.1 NET radio, the classical station? Um, and this is where it went south, Bill. He, he, put, he pushed a button. Uh, I hate NET radio. It's, it's awful. It's an abomination. It is the worst. I hate everything about that station. From the programming philosophy to the, you know, the wallpaper of your world. Well, let's not engage with music, but when you're like at work or in your car or cooking, have this crap on in the background and it won't like, you know, do anything to you. Let's, it's just passive wallpaper. That's what classical music is. And this is the station that's supposed to, listen to me already, I'm getting angry. This is the station that's supposed to advocate for classical music. So I hate the programming. The, the DJs, is that what you call a classical music person? Awful. They can't pronounce the words right. They're foreign languages. Dead air. Every time I listen, there's a mistake. Like uh, July 4th, they played Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. Two minutes of it ending in the middle with no indication that they were playing an excerpt. I'm like, wow, that Beethoven really wrote a short symphony two minutes long, but horrible. So on and on and on, I went about how horrible I think the station is. But then I said, except, except for, uh, and I'll say her name now, Genevieve. He goes, oh, I love Genevieve Randall. She's one of my favorite people at the station. Well, in parentheses, that I work for. <laughs> N-E-T. I'm like, uh, uh, and guess what I did when that happened? Guess what I did? You stopped the car and pushed him out into the street? No, no, that would have been better. I like doubled down. <laughs> you tell Genevieve that if she got like anonymous texts, I go on the N-E-T thing anonymously and say, Fucked up again, NET. You um, you played this symphony when you shouldn't have. You did this, NET. It's like you can tell her that's me. You can tell her that's me. I'm the anonymous like troll who's trolling the public radio station in Lincoln, criticizing their program, everything. You know, uh, um, yeah, yeah. So he was very nice. Um, he didn't ding me. He didn't say. He's like, oh great. I mean, we had a long way to go. Uh, it was wow. for him. It was kind of like an interesting conversation, I think, because I looked later on for that dip in the rating. I'm like, you know, hostile atmosphere. I, I looked and it didn't come up. So I think he took it in the spirit of uh, uh, just opinionated people sharing ideas.
So Steve, uh, I have another question that actually my family and uh, I have been thinking about a lot, especially since I've recently gotten the, the permanent co-host uh, role here. Uh, but it, it goes to your role as a driver in the midst of the coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic. And it seems uh, you're in a risky spot because you're obviously interacting with hundreds and hundreds of people and closed at one at a time, thankfully, or two or three at a time, but uh, in a closed environment with closed um, uh, air circulation, you must be worried, right, about the risk that you might contract this, which would be horrible, obviously. But I, I, I'm just curious how you think about that and what you do uh, to protect yourself. Uh, and could there ever be a point at which you'd say, you know what, I'm, I'm not gonna do this anymore because it's too risky. So that's the question. Uh, what do you say? That is, that is a good question, Bill. And, and since this started, something I have, I've thought about, you know, I'm not saying every time I get into the car, I think it could be a, you know, a terrible thing, but um, I made a, I made a decision to switch from nighttime. Nighttime is the right time for driving, but you know, not when the bars and restaurants are closed. So I switched to the daytime. Um, both companies have some um, precautionary measures um, that they asked me to take, but in anticipation of your question, Bill, I, I asked two healthcare professionals to join us on the show today um, to give us some real, not just opinions, not just like shooting the breeze about the virus, which I do every day, but some real factual information about this disease I can use to inform my decisions. So without any further delay, here is Corey Bartnam and Carter Holm. I'll ask each of them to introduce themselves. Let's start with you, Corey. Hello, welcome, and thank you for being part of the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I look forward to chatting with you. I'm a speech therapist um, in the outskirts of Philadelphia um, in a rehab hospital. So by no means an epidemiologist or virologist, but I do study airflow, and hopefully that can kind of help you a little bit. Oh, very good, Corey. I mean, let's let's just start a little more basic. Where did you go to school, Corey? Where are you from? Ah, oh, from South Dakota. South Dakota. South Dakota State, and I had you as a choir director for five years, because that's how that's how long it took me to do undergrad. <laughs> South Dakota, Corey. That's like a, a middle America red state, right? Yes, it is. So yeah. you're not some leftist commie with an agenda here, are you, Corey? I like to think that I'm not, but I mean, I grew up on a farm, but I, I believe in science. So I let science dictate what my thoughts are, not really like, do I feel like this is a problem? Yes, I know it's a problem. It's a problem. So That's good. We like, we like science. I mean, Bill, I think you dropped out of high school physics. Was that correct? Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't recall. Uh, you, well, you must have been. You must have been confused with someone else. There was one class, and and you weren't there. So I'm I'm assuming you something happened. Oh, you mean I didn't take physics? Yeah. Yeah, I, I really can't recall. Which might. Okay. not be inconsistent with my not taking physics. Uh, wish I could help you there, Steve. But All I right, good. Just trying to clarify some things. Next up, thank you, Corey. 
Next up is Carter Holm. Carter, a brief bio, please. Uh, hi, Steve. Thanks for having me. My name is Carter Holm uh, from Brookings, South Dakota, um, coming from a healthcare family. My mom is a nurse practitioner. My dad, uh, Dr. Holm, um, who recently passed, was a physician and um, public health educator uh, known as the Prairie Doc. Um, and I followed in the family footsteps and I became a registered nurse. And I currently work at Avera McKinnon in their inpatient rehab facility. Super. Carter, um, where did you do your undergraduate degree? Uh, I actually began school uh, in Lincoln, Nebraska. I was a corn husker for two and a half years um, and then realized I was spending too much money without any particular direction and uh, uh, ended up at SDSU where I got a degree um, in general studies and then a uh, nursing degree through USD. So I am both a jackrabbit and a coyote. Don't hold it against me. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, Carter. I won't. But you you don't have like a, a silly theater minor or something like that, do you? I don't. I just lived in that world for several years. Um, okay. I think I escaped relatively unscathed. Good. Steve? Yeah. Do you have one, Steve? Yeah. Do, do, do you have a theater minor, Corey? No. I have a music minor. Oh, <laughs> Oh, my bad. And a psychology minor. <laughs> my bad. I thought, I thought you had a CST minor. No, I just was on scholarship. Okay. Okay. My, I, I apologize. Yeah. Should we change the name of the show to I Apologize? Because that's what it's turning into. Your show. Yeah, I know. Well, I'll put that under consideration. All right. So two experts, no agenda, no leftist agenda. No, no controversy, right? We can agree on that, both of you? Yes. I think so. It shouldn't be a controversy. It's just, a, it's a virus. Okay. I well, think it should be up for debate, but, you know. Don't get ahead of me, Corey. I'm going to ask some questions now, and you'll have plenty of time to answer, okay? Okay. Question number one, burning question. Every ride since March 15th has started with the question from the, from the person, what do you think about the virus? So I want to ask both of you, we'll start with Carter. Is the virus real, Carter? I, well, I would certainly say it is not a hoax. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the fact that every fast food restaurant has put up a shield and holds out their credit card machine, the fact that every Uber or Lyft driver has to take certain precautions and sterilize their uh, vehicle between riders, and the fact that in a hospital setting, we are taking extraordinary cautions um, to the fact where for one full shift, uh, they gave me a fake badge that said official officer, and my job was to help people don and doff protective equipment, uh, which literally meant for, for 12 hours, I was just wiping people down when they came out of the COVID patient's room, um, as one example. You know, and then every day we are filling out um, symptom monitoring forms 
uh, on ourselves, whether we're having symptoms or not. And if we do uh, have any symptoms, you know, a fever, shortness of breath, cough, sore throat, um, any of those, for example, uh, we have to monitor, you know, we have to let employee health know if we have a single symptom. Um, and if we do, uh, it's a it's a mandatory 10-day uh, quarantine until we can show two negative tests. So yeah. it, it's, it is real both in the sense that the patients we see uh, are going through some very, very serious health conditions. And also uh, it is real in the sense that we are taking as many precautions as we possibly can and we're not doing it for fun. Um, we are doing this to protect ourselves and to protect uh, our patients. Okay, so um, Corey, you're you're too young for this, but Mr. Really? Bill, Mr. Bill will remember the show on CNN called Crossfire. Mm. Now, Corey, on that show, the person took the opposite view of what he just heard. Are are you going to do that, Corey? Are you going to tell me this is a hoax and Carter's wrong? For a little, uh, you know, a little conflict ratings. I think here. I would lose my job if anyone heard this. Um, I, well, I would prefer not to take that stance. <laughs> you, you don't need to. You yeah, need I mean, um, I look like an astronaut when I'm at work, and I'm an outpatient speech therapist. So I'm I'm wearing like a face shield over a mask. And I'm getting fitted for an N95 because my job is completely filled with aerosols. When you make someone go, ah, and do voice therapy or singing, like you're creating a room full of potential viral particles. So, um, yeah, that's, you know, not the most fun thing I've ever done with my job, but. Two out of two agree. It's, it's real and not a hoax. Yes, Bill. Uh, I don't want to take us off uh, off the path here, but but I'll I'll jump in. I'll I'll play devil's advocate. Oh boy! So, uh, by the way, I'm playing devil's advocate. I know you are. Yeah. I believe in science, but you know what? It's it's basically a slightly torqued up version of the flu. Right? Exactly. You don't really get that sick, and it's just very very old people or particularly obese or comorbid people. But I mean, for God's sakes, people are going crazy here, uh, you know, just to make our president, the president of the United States, look bad. So that's, that's the argument on the other side. I agree with nothing that I just said, but you know, how, how does one answer these arguments, which are all over the interweb? Yeah, I mean, I've, I know I have seen relatively healthy humans prior to COVID come in with things like stroke and um, deconditioning. And so they're at our rehab hospital for more than a month sometimes just to build strength after recovering from COVID-19. And um, that's to say if they only had COVID-19. Now, some people come in with stroke, potentially caused by COVID-19, stroke and COVID-19 or um, other comorbidities, but likely caused by COVID. So it's really not fun when you see 40 somethings with stroke. Yes, yes. He, he was just asking, Bill, what, what I say, and Carter, we're going to have you chime in here in a second. What I say, Bill, is I think the 132,000 dead people would have a different opinion. 
and that right. people have opinions. And that really kicks off the ride, by the way. You know, when 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 I when I shoot back with that one. So, Steve, can I just ask, do you get riders who make the uh, ridiculous argument that I just made? Absolutely, like verbatim. They must get it a script somewhere. Verbatim, what you just said. Absolutely. Lou Dobbs gave me that script. Okay, good for him. <laughs> Carter. Can you run us down a few symptoms of this condition? Absolutely. It's bad, right? So, so it's bad. And, and a lot of the times, you know, particularly early on, we heard about the respiratory issues, um, shortness of breath, loss of taste or smell, um, you know, sore throat, cough. And, and while I appreciate that, you know, shortness of breath, when brought to the extreme, means somebody suffocates. Uh, in their in their bedroom, um, that's a horrible thought. But the the more we have seen of this, the more we're seeing um, arrhythmias uh, or acute cardiac injuries, um, people developing uh, really severe kidney injuries, um, particularly people who have been intubated. And you know. I am nervous that the only thing people talk about are the deaths and 135,000 deaths is nothing to sneeze about, but we're, we're maybe missing out the opportunity to talk about the, uh, the severe disabilities that these can cause um, for people who do survive. Gotcha. Gotcha. I hope I'm not, I mean, I don't want to get too dark, but it's like this shit sucks man <laughs> yeah. too late and you're right it's okay too late yeah but here's the thing on the other hand i could be asymptomatic so at the same time this thing that gives you horrible symptoms and horrible feeling but corey you can have it and not yes. have any symptoms that are obvious true or false true Yes, which is why, I mean, the incubation period for this is so long. You may not know, you may be pre-symptomatic. Um, you may not know that you have it um, and spread it before you are showing some outright signs that you have it. Um, but that incubation period being so long is probably why it's so dangerous because you're, you're interacting with people and you don't have a fever. So normally when we know we have like a fever, we stay home because, oh, we might have the flu or we might, we might have something contagious. Well, if we don't feel terrible and we go about our day and we see everyone that we would normally see in our day while shedding virus. And I think Carter can probably expand on this better with his nursing background. So I'm gonna hand it over. There, there was something I wanted to add and um, it is a reminder that uh, viruses evolve and they evolve more quickly um, because their life cycles are shorter. And so we have seen even since January that um, the coronavirus has a second um, strain. And this is the one um, that came out of Italy and is affecting particularly our Southern states right now. And the reason it is, um, more dangerous is not that when people get it, they get sicker. It's that it spreads when people are asymptomatic. And that is the virus 
evolving into a more dangerous spreader. You, you said Italy, Carter, and the, uh, the southern states. So the heat is not going to kill this this summer, Carter? Boy, I wish it were. Uh, I was really, really hoping, um, particularly looking around the world, uh, you know, India and Brazil um, being the two countries behind the United States in the most cases shows to me that um, uh, unfortunately, I think we're, we're not going to see warm weather kill this entirely. All right. So here's the, here's the, the magic question. What can I do? I've decided to go out and continue this line of work. I'm not taking off. What can I do, Corey, to um, make myself a little safer here? Well, if they're asking you, can I sit in the front? You just say no. No. You, you spread out. You keep them as far away from you as you can. Um, if they cough, you don't want them next to you. You want them. I, I, I do put my cleaning supplies on the front seat now, which is a, a subliminal uh, message that the front seat is occupied. So I, I do have actually people with masks walk to the front seat, but they see the box of disinfectant and they, you know, go to the back. And what else? Can you get that taxi cab divider between the two of you? Because we're using, you know, a lot of um, plexiglass glass and therapy um, to divide ourselves from patients. Um, I mean, is that an option? Yes, but I'm not doing that to my personal vehicle. Next. Okay, good. Carter, any, anything I can do here except for hope real hard? I, I, gotta, I gotta ask, uh, have you had any Karens? Karens. Has anyone refused to wear the mask or, or um, maybe wear the mask like as a chin strap beard, um, not covering their nose or mouth? No, they get, a, they get a notification in their app before they get in the car that tells them the rules. And, you know, usually these companies are a little wink, wink with the passengers. Like, you know, if you're a bad, we'll write you an email and tell you not to be bad. But I think that when you get the, uh, you have to check yes before you get in the car and you don't have it and you have a mask and uh, you're not going to clam all over the place. I think they, they take it seriously because I have the right now to decline a ride. If I drive up and they don't have the stuff, I can say, no, thanks. Get my cancellation fee and move on with my day there. So I, I think once, you know, a few weeks ago, uh, half compliant on the masks, now 99%. And um, these people are pretty quick to tell me they have a undiagnosed, self-diagnosed respiratory ailment that they, they, can't, um, <laughs> they can't wear the mask. And, and I let it go and, and we cracked the windows open. I had a guy hanging out a window 95 degrees the other day, but whatever, whatever. So there it is. Um, Corey, Carter, any final statements? Um, I, you know, the, the main things I want to hit uh, are the things that everybody's been talking about, you know, wear a mask, wash your hands. Um, but the biggest one to me is just to avoid gatherings of any, any larger than 10. I mean, why, why would you risk um, going out to a bar right now when we have seen so much evidence that that is one of the most dangerous activities? Why would you go to a backyard birthday party? Granted, it's outside, but when you know you're going to be sharing that that space with with several people, so I would just say be smart, um, avoid large groups, and wear a mask. 
And remember to wash your hands. Wash your hands. Um, I'm going to go back in time for a moment, Carter, because that reminded me of your dad a little bit. Um, Corey, do you remember the old, ye old magical feast? Yes, I do. <laughs> Bill, I'll, I'll catch you up here. Um, every other year, <clears throat> excuse me, at uh, South Dakota State University, we did ye old magical feast, kind of like yeah. what we did in high school, the magical dinner, right? Yeah. And in uh, 2007 was an election year or 2009 or something like that. I can't remember. 2007, probably. It was the odd numbered years or... Uh, so we, we did uh, this little sketch called Ye Olde Town Hall Meeting, where today's leaders answer yesterday's problems. You remember this, Carter? So I had your dad up there as the doctor. And when we were talking about the plague, yesterday's problems were the plague. And this guy comes up, hello, my lord, the plague has ravaged me town. Two thirds of me town is dead. Bodies are piling up. What do you have? Any advice for me? And then Rick Holm goes, wash your hands. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was hilarious. That was it, you know, and the yuck, yuck, yuck. And we all moved on with that. But um, yes, wash your hands. Corey? Yes. I'm washing my hands. That's what that's I'm what, so that's glad what, you are. That's what the Holmes say. Anything else I can do? Crack a window? Crack a window. And don't do karaoke in your car like your other friend. You were talking about him last week. I don't know who this guy is, but yeah. that's terrible. Don't do that in your car during COVID-19. Okay. No, no karaoke, Uber, Lyft, rideshare. Sounds Let's great. Well, thank you very much, Corey and Carter. Very informative, but thank you, Carter thank you so much and for Corey, having me. for joining us. It was great to be yes. here. Thank you. And as hold on one second, Bill, I will wrap up and get you your, your, your parting gifts. Bill, we're at the end of another week here. Uh, I have to say a pretty meaty conversation. Don't you agree? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty special. I just have one final question. Is the parting gift this week, is it going to be the W-N-E-T uh, tote bag? <laughs> it's N-E-T, not W, but yes. A, oh. a free N-E-T tote bag left in the car when the guy left in the huff. Indeed. I believe there were some CDs of music that I said sucked as well um, in that bag. So yes, thank you, Bill. Thank you, Bill. Thank well, you, that's all. We thank our guests. We thank you, Mr. Bill. We'll see you next week. Remember, tip your driver and no, you cannot sit in front. Bye-bye. <laughs>